0: Hello there and welcome into another edition of the Intersection Podcast with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Well, the Christmas season is a season of hope and Robin Dykstra is a living example of someone who has escaped her past and is living the life God intends for her to have. You'll be hearing part of the testimony of this former Playboy bunny ahead. Also during this season, even though there may be financial hardships or even job loss, Christians can continue to look to God as their provider. Chuck Bentley of Crown Financial Ministries has some perspective coming up. And on this edition of The Intersection, Bill McKendry has quite a background in advertising and marketing, but he stepped away from that career path to found a nonprofit organization called Do More Good. Some of his comments are coming up, compatible with the meaning of the season, a season of giving in which we can honor the one who gave his life for us. Finally, the life of Connor Bales from Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas is one that reflects hope even in the midst of challenges. In his case, having two children with a rare health disorder, but he recognizes the faithfulness of God and you'll hear some of his encouraging words. This is The Intersection, of production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Robin Dykstra has seen God work in her life to make an incredible turnaround from a season of rebellion, including working as a playboy bunny, to experiencing the love and saving power of Christ. She's now being used to teach God's Word. She's authored a book entitled The Widow Wore Pink, a true story of life after loss and the transforming power of a loving God. Here now from a recent Meeting House Conversation is Robin Dykstra.
1: Second Corinthians 517 says, Therefore, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And I stood on the truth that I was a new creation and that God would never um, hurt me on purpose. And what I, uh, so I don't think I was paying the penalty for my past because jesus already paid for that so why do i have to pay again i don't Mm. i don't need to pay what's already paid for that that's not sensible sure but what is true also sometimes we make choices that um, follow us with consequences you know i um there's there's stuff the the um but 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 even more than that, what, what we have to come to terms with is that God loves us so much that he wants us to love him back. And so he gives us this choice to love him, but he also gives us this free will in how to operate. He gives us this manual for life, the Bible, and he gives us wisdom and principles and even rules that will serve us well. And then it's our choice whether or not we'll follow them. Hot and hunky, smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. And he got into some prescription drugs after a surgery that went not ideally. And he, he just couldn't quit. So his free will killed him. And that fell on me. Adventure Boy could have checked that weather. Could have made a different decision. He chose to take that flight it was a bad choice it killed him and his free will spilled on me and i'm i'm all about taking ownership of my own responsibility Mm -hmm. Mm i'm i'm not perfect i'm a work in progress i still make messes from time to time that i have to ask forgiveness for and clean up but what i tell women at retreats and conferences is we have to own what we're responsible for, but we have to believe that God will be with us and for us when we walk through other people's choices. Kids that go prodigal, husbands that lose their mind, fires that take your house, the diagnosis that isn't good. We have to, um, you know, the Bible is full of of places where people were called to trust him with very unique. Like if God called you and said, listen, I just want you to pack up and start walking and I'll let you know when you get there, like he did with Abraham, boy, that takes a lot of trust. Would you make it? Would you pack Mm. your bags? Would you leave the area? How far would you get? Or like Moses, uh, close you out of the desert. No question that he was in the center of God's will burning bush voice of God. Go get my people, set them free. Oh, But then that thing about those 10 plagues, man, that takes a lot of trust. Am I on track with his calling? Could you persevere through 10 plagues? Could you, like resistance isn't God saying you're on the wrong path. Sometimes maybe, but I think a lot of us quit before we complete because we, we, we don't we don't know God well enough to trust him to get us through these really hard things. I decided to wear a pink dress at Craig's um, service just to kind of set the tone mm. that, um, look, this is cruddy. I hate this, but we can trust God. And we are going to look at the things that are good. And we are we are going to be thankful for the things that are provided for us. And we are not going to be grudged. Um, what we don't get. Like, I didn't get my way. I can stomp my feet. I can storm. I'm never going to win a fight with God. I, I I, just have to believe that he is going to redirect my path. Jeremiah 29, 11. He has, a, he has a plan for us. I don't know what it is. In the absence of this new plan, I'm just going to keep doing the last thing he told me to do. I'm going to raise my kids. I'm going to teach the Bible. And I'm going to keep going to work. And until he gives me something new to do, I'm just going to trust him with the last thing he told me to do, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Robin Dykstra here on The Intersection. You can learn more by going to the website, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Dykstra, Dykstra, dot com. Next up on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's the CEO of Crown Financial Ministries, Chuck Bentley, who commented on how during this season, even though there may be financial hardships or even job loss, Christians can continue to look to God as their provider. From a recent Meeting House conversation, this is Chuck Bentley now. As a financial counselor, as the head of a leading Christian financial organization, Chuck, what would you say to believers? Because to to some extent, coronavirus is impacting us all from an economic standpoint, it seems. What should be our stance these days?
2: Well, well, Bob, it impacts not only our lives, meaning our health, but it impacts our livelihoods. Uh, it has impacted our livelihoods since the very beginning, the lockdowns, uh, the careers that were uh, interrupted, the entire industries that had to be shut down. Uh, people have been in economic pain over this issue from the very beginning, and most people read the economic pain uh, greater than uh, the, the the uh the threats to their health, the, the fear of loss of income, loss of their career, all of those things have been very, very devastating to families. And this just only adds to that layer of, of uh, complexity brought about by the pandemic and of the fear from it. So what I've been advising people is that no matter who your employer is, if your employer is a government contractor, your employer is the military, your employer is a private business Uh, according to the scripture they are not your provider Uh, they are not jehovah jireh he is our provider Hmm. he may be using that employer right now to provide you through them to you but when you lose employment if you were to lose your job over this mandate you don't lose the faithfulness of our provider who is god almighty and his promises will hold true through whatever you experience and Many people are going to face difficult consequences of their choices. And I feel for those families, but they have not been separated from the faithfulness of God. And it is in times like this when we experience uh, the truth of his wisdom that he is reliable. His promises do hold in the storm and that we can grow closer to him. Through this uh, trial that you may be facing in your job, I also recommend that people become proactive, that they, uh, they trust God, but they take steps to uh, look for other forms of employment, look for alternatives, look for uh, secondary sources of income so that you can continue to take care of your family, stand on your conscience, and uh, do the right thing as the Lord leads you.
0: And you recommend, I know in this article at the Crown website, if someone is encountering personal debt to perhaps seek out some guidance in that regard. And I would even think that now might be a good time to take a look at that spending plan as well when we look at the the possibility of increased expenses and maybe even a reduction in income.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. We publish what we call a crisis budget when you're possibly between jobs or suffering a loss of income. We also have uh, budget coaches that help people to uh, navigate a time like this. We've really been geared up and prepared to help people through this uh, pandemic, Bob, because so many people have experienced the the very circumstances that you and I have been talking about, whether it's, um, you know, this mandate or their industry just is not, Uh, running at full capacity anymore. They're not getting the number of hours they used to get. So many different variables. And we've been trying to stand in that gap and help God's people get through this. So I appreciate you helping uh, others be aware of it and encouraging the body of Christ not to fear, but to have faith during this time.
0: Chuck Bentley here on The Intersection. The website address is crown.org. Well, this is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can find out more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the podcast. Also, there are links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as to the Apple Podcasts feed. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community, and the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, you can find information on video content. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Well, Bill McKendry was a recent guest on the Meeting House program. He has quite a background in advertising and marketing. He stepped away from that career path to found a nonprofit organization called Do More Good. He is the founder and board president of that organization and the author of a book entitled Do More Good, Moving Nonprofits from Good to Growth. From that conversation, here now is Bill McKendry.
3: I can look back now and say that God has actually prepared me for this my entire life in the sense that I was born into a family where both my parents were deaf. And so I was a, I was an interpreter from that for them since I was a little kid, right? You know, I mean, negotiating mortgages and car deals and stuff like that before I was 10 wow. uh, with them. And, uh, and so I learned at a very early age how to be a an effective voice for people who need help, right? and uh and so fast forward a number of years later you know i get into the advertising and marketing field and i'm i'm a voice for big brands you know i worked on american express and dodge and taco bell for example and uh um but then i, I reached a point in my career and uh, and actually took on a partner who also was a christian and that, i mean that's you know in the in the big advertising agency field you just you know it's a little bit like hollywood you don't talk about your faith right mm. so to find somebody else who also has uh, equal experience and, uh, and, and knowledge about how to communicate and, and how to really be able to break through in this noisy world with important messages, that, that, was, that was in itself was unique. But when we both sat down with each other and we both found out that we were equally frustrated, even though we had been super successful in, in the advertising marketing world, uh, we were frustrated because we, we, we wondered aloud uh, with each other. Did God make us to sell credit cards, tacos, hamburgers, <laughs> and cars, right? And so we we really just looked at each other and said, "What kind of what kind of marketing firm would Jesus want us to work at?" Mm. And that's and that's at that point wow. when we when we when we chose. And you know, my partner had equally unique background that brought him to to where he was at. I had a unique background that brought me to where I was at, and we realized that. You know, the voice of the voice of faith and the voice of charity and the voice of human kindness was not competing well with the voice of consumerism. And in reality, you know, we we really looked at our country and we thought we contributed to it and said, you know, we've 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 kind of blown past being the country that really cared for everybody. And we've become a nation of consumers, not citizens. And so we said, could we be a counterbalance to that? And could we could we arm Nonprofit organizations, specifically with faith-based organizations, I've worked with over 300 nonprofit organizations personally, helping with their communications, and um, yeah, I and mean, most of them have been faith-based organizations. And it's like, could we help them compete better to get people's attention? Because the reality is, is they're they're competing against discretion, people's discretionary time and money, against Taco Bell, against McDonald's, against Nike, against Apple, hmm. and as a result, you know. They need a more effective voice to get people's attention, to be able to express what they need in order to be successful and to make the impact on the world that they want to make.
0: How do we as Christians balance all of that? We obviously participate in economic things, but I think it's important that we participate in the the human things, if you will, and even the the pursuit of spiritual things during this season. So what do you think? How do we we kind of process this?
3: Hit it on the head, I use the word balance, right? And I'm and trust me, I am not an anti-business person. As a matter of fact, I have plenty of friends and plenty of clients that are very, very successful business owners. Uh, uh, but they also keep a balanced perspective on their business mm. and realize that you know they're in business to help people, right? To help families, to employ families, to create an economy that uh, you know gives people benefits and and homes and lives that they would never have otherwise if not for you know, the economy that we have, right? So I'm not anti-capitalistic at all, uh, but the capitalists that I know that run very successful businesses have things in balance, right? They understand that, that also they are responsible for what they have been given. And they see it as something as something they've been given versus something that they earned on their own. And as a result, when they're given much, much is expected from them and some of the most successful business people I know are some of the biggest givers I know where they give away where they've actually turned Mm. their their model around instead of you know giving 10% they're giving a 90% because they've had so much success right and they see it as their responsibility to give back well that falls on every single one of us right you know with our success and there's nothing wrong with you know enjoying the holidays and giving people gifts and but also, balance that with what else you could give because none of it is ours. What else can you give it? What else can you give, and what else can you
0: share? and is it balanced right? Bill McKendry here on the intersection. you can find out more by going to the website do good dot Finally, on this edition of the intersection podcast, it's the pastor at the North Campus of Preston Wood Baptist Church in the Dallas area, Connor Bales. Who discussed God's faithfulness in the midst of adversity involving having two daughters with a rare genetic condition? He's the author of the book, Counted Worthy A Father's Perspective on the Theology of Suffering. From that meeting house conversation, here now is Connor Bales.
4: It's an unbelievable miracle, and every day uh, with these girls is a gift. And uh, again, just given the rarity of the girls. Uh, diagnosis, um, the, the geneticist and the subsequent pediatricians and specialists didn't have it much to go on. and so um, we were told that uh, if we had not already had Libby's heart repaired that they would probably recommend we do not uh, because at the time the prognosis was uh, they that she would not outlive her infancy. And yet to your point, uh, she just celebrated her 13th birthday and Hannah just celebrated her 10th and um, and both are, um, they are 13 and 10 years of age, but cognitively developmentally about nine months. And so, uh, they are very severely disabled, but by all, uh, uh measurables, uh, as it relates to my girl's health, they're very healthy. And, uh, and we are very fortunate and, and, uh, and the, I'm always reminded in the Psalms uh, where the Bible says that the Lord numbers our days and, uh, And so we know that that God is the one who is the author of life and the sustainer of life. And so for as long as he has entrusted these lives, um, we're going to steward them as well as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. And we are fortunate. Our girls are miracles.
0: And you sensed, as you were sharing earlier, that God was really speaking to your heart about being counted worthy to, and I'm going to put it in my language, to steward to care for, to raise these two girls. This is a, this is something that God has granted to you and he has counted you and Mary and, and I would say their siblings worthy to follow this path. So how has God confirmed that now over the past decade or so?
4: Sure. Yeah. Well, it, it, it came,
0: um, honestly, because
4: When we had Libby and and had Libby's diagnosis, I would tell you, Bob, I think my theology of suffering, uh, my understanding of the goodness and the sovereign control of God in the midst of the badness of life was anemic. And it it just – it was underdeveloped and misunderstood. And and so I really wrestled with um, how God could be good and how Libby's diagnosis could be so bad. And one morning I was reading – in my Bible, and I was not pursuing an understanding uh, of of the biblical theology of suffering. I just was reading my quiet time. And in John chapter nine, Jesus and the disciples had this moment where uh, they asked this this rational and logical question. They encounter a man who is blind from his birth, and they ask Jesus, you know, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents? In other words. They were looking for some type of of a reasonable understanding as to how this this guy could be born with the suffering of blindness. And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And then if you keep reading the story, you know, 25 or 30 verses later, you'll know that Jesus puts mud on the man's eyes, has him wash, and he ultimately restores his sight. But the declaration of God's goodness and God's workmanship – Happens prior to the healing ever taking place, and man, it it just changed my perspective, and it totally changed our family's understanding, and and I that's where I have seen to answer your question uh, how God has shown up and, and been so gracious because my big kids are so tender toward. Um, the marginalized, and uh, the neglected, and the often overlooked. My family has a unique ministry to other families with uh, individuals of, of all type of disabilities. I never would have imagined uh, the credibility I would have as a pastor walking into the, these hospital rooms to pray with people, because so many times our family has been on the receiving end of the hospital. And, uh, and so I know I think God has given me a unique understanding of what to say and when to say it. And uh, my wife has this powerful ministry to other moms when uh, they're walking through seasons of suffering with their children and families. And, and it's just been some of the really redemptive ways. And, uh, and it came because God gave us purpose uh, once we d- discovered this perspective that the workmanship and the goodness was going to uh, exist regardless of whether the healing happened on this side of eternity or the other and uh, and forever changed our understanding of things.
0: That was Connor Bales here on this edition of The Intersection Podcast. You can find him online at ConnorBales.com. We're nearing the end of this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by going to the programming section at faithradio.org. At the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the podcast. You can also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple Podcast feed. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. You can learn more about video content as well. Plus, you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, the website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org conversations from the meeting house program could also be found through the faith radio app and a variety of podcast platforms including apple podcasts google podcasts spotify TuneIn, and more thanks for joining me for this edition of the intersection podcast i'm bob crittenden